Ah, yes, it has been a little while, but we are back here on MLB Morning Coffee. We hope that you had a great and safe Memorial Day weekend wherever you might be. This, as always, is a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. My name is Greg Mraz, the host of MLB Morning Coffee. After a little hiatus, we are back because there are wheels in motion. But before we get to those wheels in motion... I want to, as always, tell you to write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe to the show. Go back and listen to the rest of our shows because, well, why wouldn't you want to? You're quarantined, you're sheltering in place, you're staying at home, you've got yard work and vacuuming and other things you need to do around the house, so might as well put the earbuds in and just listen along because we've got a lot of great evergreen content for you. I highly recommend you go back and listen to one of our more recent episodes on the 2002 AL MVP vote. I'm going to be doing some more content on that Moneyball-era Oakland Athletics team later in the week because there are some things that I want to talk about with that team as I've actually been listening to Moneyball. I haven't read the book in about 10 years, but I've got a subscription to Audible, which is Amazon's audiobook service, and I accidentally paid for it, and I was like, well, might as well just use it and listen to it. And I've had a chance to go back and listen to some of my favorite baseball books. I do want to do a symposium on Ball 4 from Jim Bouton and see what I can delve about that 1969 Seattle Pilots team, the only year that that team was in existence before they went to Milwaukee. So, we are releasing this mid-afternoon on a Tuesday. And the reason why we're doing that, and I didn't record last night, is because of the news that came down over the weekend that basically, whether it was Jeff Passan or Ken Rosenthal or Bob Nightingale, who seem to be the three main guys that are getting the most pertinent information in regards to baseball's restart, all of them said that the owners were going to approve a new plan Tuesday morning and be able to go into discussions with the Players Association on Tuesday. So we're somewhat recording this episode in flow of news that may or may not be breaking on Twitter. And I've got my eye on Twitter as news is starting to roll in. But I want to reference the first guy to the punch on all of this, at least the new plan that the owners approved, and that is Bob Nightingale. And I will say this. I am not a big fan of Bob Nightingale's writing, but Bob Nightingale has been really first to the front of the line in regards to most of the news as of late. And Bob Nightingale's got very good sources, and Bob Nightingale puts it in a way that is pretty practical for everybody to understand. So I want to read from Bob Nightingale's article that he published at about 11 a.m. Pacific time today, so just over an hour ago from when we're recording this. The article begins. Major League Baseball owners approved a plan Tuesday that will be sent to the Major League Baseball Players Association in the afternoon, formally opening negotiations on the key economic issues for the season to start by the weekend of July 4th. The plan, three people with knowledge of the proposal told USA Today Sports, does not include the same 50-50 revenue sharing split the owners agreed on two weeks ago that was never submitted to the union. The three people spoke to USA Today Sports on the condition of anonymity since they were not authorized to speak publicly due to ongoing negotiations. 
The proposal includes a sliding scale of compensation, with players earning the most taking the biggest cuts and those earning the least receiving most of their guaranteed salaries. It remains uncertain how much money the players will be yielding in this proposal based on no fans in attendance for an 82-game season, after already agreeing to be paid on a prorated basis, reducing their pay by almost 50%. Yet revenue sharing was not referenced at all in the document that was prepared for the union. The union was concerned that the revenue sharing would lead to the introduction of a salary cap in future negotiations, while wary of further pay reductions, including the possibility of a percentage of their salaries placed in escrow. The owners insist they will lose money during the regular season without fans in attendance, but would be guaranteed $777 million in postseason TV revenue, which would be inflated to about $1 billion, with a postseason format expanded to 14 teams instead of 10. There's no hard deadline for the negotiations to be completed, but the two sides would likely need to reach an agreement in 7 to 10 days if the season can begin by the first week of July, and that is the end of the article. So basically, what Major League Baseball owners are trying to do is to make sure that everyone gets paid equally. Now, you have guys like Bryce Harper and Blake Snell who are going to be banking more than the Major League minimum who want all of their money. Snell, it's understandable with his salary about to kick up from $1 to $7 million a year, wants to make sure that he gets paid the money increase that he is entitled to. So they've figured out this sliding pay scale so they feel like everybody is compensated equally and so that guys that are fringe-level guys and 40-man roster guys that are making the major league minimums are going to be making pretty much most of their salary. Now, is this still on a prorated scale? Is it prorated with a sliding scale? We don't have enough information yet to determine whether or not this sliding scale is based on a prorated basis or not. However, there is some news that came out from Ken Rosenthal a little bit earlier today that, to me, gives us a good idea about where Major League Baseball owners are financially. And this is coming from the Oakland Athletics. Who said today, per tweets from Ken Rosenthal and John Heyman, that the Oakland Athletics are going to have severe furloughs? John Heyman tweets about an hour ago, Heard A's have told their people there will be furloughs for at least some scouts. Don't have the details yet, but sounds like it may be extensive. Rosenthal quote tweets that and says, Sources say furloughs will be widespread throughout the organization, and at least some who remain will receive pay cuts. To follow up on that, Alden Gonzalez, who is an ESPN multimedia reporter, said that the breadth and depth of A's furloughs might rival that of the Angels, which is really saying something. Almost all amateur and pro scouts will be furloughed in June, as will about three-quarters of their player development employees, I'm told. So, the Angels made news last week when they had severe furloughs on their scouting staff. Now, they're an organization that is owned by Artie Moreno, who's worth almost $3 billion. Now, the A's are owned by John Fisher, who we discussed last week in our Money Talks episode. And the A's have been crying poor over things for years when really they don't need to be, or at least that's the vision that you want to receive from the Oakland A's in terms of their ownership. But if the A's are willing to furlough three-quarters of their player development staff, and almost all of their scouting staff, and the Angels are willing to do that as well, do we really know how much of a hit owners are going to take in a baseball season 
that has no fans. And the other interesting thing from Nightingale is that they've basically set a timeline of 7 to 10 days to get this thing negotiated. So if you want to start playing by the 4th of July, you effectively have to have an agreement in place a month prior, which means players are going to start to go back to spring training or they're going to train in their own home cities. We don't have that extensive of information yet in regards to what they're going to do to get ready for the season. All we know is that the owners want the season to start by July 4th so that they can play an abbreviated 82 to 100 game season and get the playoffs done before the end of November, before this supposed second wave of coronavirus hits. Now, baseball is trying to get their season off the ground. The NBA, the NHL, they're trying to come up with solutions to be able to restart their seasons because the NBA and the NHL were close to the playoffs when the seasons shut down. The NBA is proposing a couple of interesting ideas, including a group pool play type proposal, which I have not read that deeply into yet, that effectively is going to make this a completely new season. And the NHL is trying to start with the playoffs right away, but add four extra teams so that it feels like the fringe playoff teams that were fighting for that last spot in each conference don't feel slighted, which is something that I can agree with. I understand why they are doing that. How does baseball offset the losses that they're going to have with no fans and still keep the players happy. That is what it's going to come down to. Because I can guarantee, despite what you're hearing, despite what players are saying we want to play and the owners are saying we know that the players want to play, there might be a lot of players that don't want to play because of A, health, or B, money, and using the two together to conflate their reasonings for not agreeing to what the owners are going to say. I think that the players, and I said this in our Money Talks episode, I think the players are entitled to what they were promised because the contract stated and they signed an agreement with the owners to take prorated salaries based on however many games were going to get played this year. So as teams start to furlough player development staffs, and furlough scouting staffs, whether it be rich teams like the Angels or poor teams like the A's, we may never actually know where Major League Baseball ownership stands in terms of their financial well-being. We don't know. The owners are never going to open up their books. And it also just flowed in that the furloughs for the A's scouting staff are going to start after the draft, which is going to happen, I believe, June 10th, and last until October 31st. The entire A scouting staff is going to be furloughed through October 31st. That is insane. Are teams really this bad off financially? Or do owners just not want to lose money? That's the issue I think that we're dealing with here in terms of the players calling the owners bluff and the owners having to sacrifice other parts of their organizations in order to potentially meet the rising cost of what it's going to take to pay the players what the players want. Because MLB has a union with their players, the players' union will not sign an agreement unless they think 
it is fair. Where is that number? At what point do the owners give and say, we'll sacrifice losing X amount of money that we wouldn't have under a normal season in order to get the players back to work? And when will the players say, enough is enough, we need to make sure that other parts of our organizations, meaning employees, are able to keep their jobs for the entirety of a Major League Baseball season and after that? So basically, you've got two sides that effectively are not giving on one side or another. Oh, by the way, how about minor league baseball players? There's already supposed to be a full minor league season going on. And in less than a month, short season minor league baseball is going to get underway. Or rather, supposed to get underway. The stipends that were promised to all minor leaguers that are not playing right now? Oh yeah, those run out on June 1st. So all those minor league baseball players that were expecting to get a paycheck for the full season, their money is gone starting June 1. That's awful because they're caught in the crosshairs of this. There's nothing that they can do, and more than likely, there isn't going to be a minor league baseball season, which might be a signal of all of these teams furloughing scouting and player development staffs. Effectively, the minor leagues, and we've already talked about minor league contraction and what's going to happen to the future of minor league baseball, the minor leagues are going to take the biggest hit for all of this because minor league baseball players may go without any money from their parent clubs for the entire calendar year, potentially into next year, and some of those players may end up getting released if contraction happens through no fault of their own. And that, to me, is the saddest part of all of this. What side has to give? Are the players going to be able to accept the proposal that Major League Baseball puts in front of them in terms of this sliding scale of a pay grade? And on the counter side, will the owners be able to up the ante in terms of their financial support if the players don't agree right away? Who gives in first? That's the biggest question. And to me, I feel like the owners need to give in a little to the players, but the players need to give in a little so that people that make these organizations run that aren't a part of the ownership group have a chance to maintain their livelihoods. And I don't think that the furloughs are going to stop with the Marlins, the Angels, and the A's. The San Francisco Giants have said that they're going to keep their employees on through the end of September. There are other organizations that have said that as well. And to me, I feel like there are organizations that will step up to the plate, no pun intended, in the right way. But for those that don't, does this mean that the owners will not give on their financial stance? Or does it mean that they'll have to give in so much to the Players Association that they won't be able to take care of the rest of their employees? I don't know who is right and who is wrong. If we see the books of the Major League Baseball owners, then we'll know who is right and who is wrong. But until then, we are just going to have to speculate. And that's all there is to it. Maybe by tomorrow, we'll be able to give more information on what has happened in regards to the negotiation meeting between 
MLB and the Players Association today. But until tomorrow, we are just going to have to be able to guess as to what side gives in first. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. This, as always, has been a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. My name is Greg Mraz, and as always, we will catch you in the AM.